Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So thank you to everyone who has downloaded an episode, listened to an episode, shared it with friends, whatever it may be, but thank you so much for doing that. And if you can continue to do that, if you can give it a follow, that would be amazing. If you could leave us a comment or a review up on iTunes or up on Spotify, that would be amazing or wherever you listen to your your podcasts. So Today's episode is going to be one of those episodes where it's kind of based off a question that I received recently and it's something that I see an awful lot in the kind of the diet or nutrition, whatever space you want to call it and this is the question that kind of came in and it's not common, it's not, mis- it's not uncommon at all. I used to eat real clean and maintain a calorie deficit for some strange reason. I get extreme cravings for sweets these days. I give in. Then my mind is like, anyway, you cheated a lot, so why not eat this and that and not eat all the crap that's around me? I want to give up these habits and live a healthy lifestyle. Now, whoever's listening to this right now might be like, well, that's me. And we can identify, we can attach labels as that as that of, I'm an emotional leader. And then we can say we have no willpower. We have no strength. We have no desire. We need more, kind of, we need more, kind of we need to push ourselves harder we don't want it enough we need to want it desire it more we need to push ourselves more we need to restrict ourselves more the problem with this whole statement and those kind of things is it's none of those it's not that you're weak it's not that you've no willpower it's not that you have no motivation your motivation is your mood look at every time that you tend to go left or right away from things that you've already been doing when you decide not to do the things that are going to bring you closer to your goal, it's your mood. You go to work when your mood is off. Why? Because you're clear on your why. Because you don't get paid. You can't keep a roof over your head. But the problem that a lot of people can do is they identify as this like emotional eating piece. I'm an emotional eater. You're not an emotional eater. You're someone who has, who may eat emotionally, may be emotionally avoidant, or may not be able to deal with their emotions because they haven't been taught how to. Two or three very, very different statements and two very, very different ways of life and waves of life. And it's it's freeing when you realize it's that way. But with that whole thing of words like eating clean or eating good or eating bad or why shouldn't I eat like this? And I eat all the crap. I eat the rubbish. The problem is the way that you're labeling the food. The food isn't the issue. The problem is the way that you're labeling the food. So by labeling certain foods as clean or healthy and others as dirty or rubbish or unhealthy, you're creating a good or bad mentality towards food. And in doing so, you're setting yourself up to failure from the get-go. And sometimes when I'm talking to clients on welcome calls on with for one-to-one and catch-up calls when I'm doing the female fat loss program with people, I can hear people's language. It improves from week one to where it is with after a few weeks or whatever it is for most people. But sometimes it slips back in. And I often let them just kind of talk. But sometimes what I find is when they're talking to me, as they're talking to me, they'll find themselves, okay, hang on. They'll go back a little bit on their sentences and reframe it because they're talking to me in order to, they're thinking things through that little bit more. 
because it's so easy to go back into that whole labeling of good, healthy, dirty, unhealthy, bad, good, whatever it may be from the get-go. But the the more you restrict the things, the, the more your craving for that food increases. And this is a thing that I've kind of spoken about previously with clients is the pink elephant in the room problem. Imagine I told you not to think of a pink elephant right now. What are you thinking of? My guess is you're thinking of the pink elephant. And whenever I say that to someone on a call, they start to smile. It's kind of like, do you know where I'm going with this? And they're like, yeah, because if if you if I told you not to do something, like think of the pink elephant, what are you doing right now? You're thinking of the pink elephant. It's the exact same thing you're doing with food. You're telling yourself you can't have these certain things on certain days because it's going to make me gain weight or make me gain fat. No, it's not. Sweets don't make anyone gain fat. Fats don't make people gain fat. Carbs don't make people gain fat. Sugar doesn't make people gain fat. Fruit doesn't make people get fat. Protein doesn't make people get fat. What what makes people gain weight over time is a continuous effort in the direction of eating more calories than that person needs for their what their body needs. And it's the opposite effect when people look to lose weight. We need to eat less than our body needs in order to lose weight. But these labels of clean, healthy, good versus dirty, unhealthy, bad, rubbish, bad, whatever it may be, they can become attached to your self-worth. So when you're eating foods you've deemed good, you see yourself as good. A disciplined person who can stick to their diet. And then you eat the foods you've deemed bad, you see yourself as a bad person, an undisciplined person, a weak person, and you can't stick to your diet in any way. And this is problematic for so many different reasons. Because as people, we have an inherent inherent tendency towards a negativity bias. The negativity bias is ultimately, can also be known as the negativity effect. And this refers to the notion that even when of equal intensity, things of more negative nature, example, unpleasant thoughts, emotions, social interactions, harmful or traumatic events, have a greater effect on one's psychological state and processes that neutral or positive things. So in other words, something very positive will generally have less of an impact on a person's behavior and cognition than someone going through something equally emotionally but negative. So have you ever noticed that when someone says you look great, you don't really think about it again. But if someone makes a negative comment about how you look, you think of it over and over and over again. Negativity bias. And then when, when say if you, say if you are someone who believes that you are getting negative comments and you have a negative perception of yourself and you say senses like I'm fat or I'm weak or whatever it may be, unfortunately, the self-worth, self-esteem thing needs work. And counselling can help you do that. But when someone else says it, it reconfirms that bias for you. So it reconfirms it and cements it and makes it even more concrete for you. And this whole thing of this negativity bias is this is why you eat well for a week. But then when you have kind of one negative day or one inverted commas bad day of eating and that one day has more of an impact on you than the entire week of eating well. And, he, and that's because it's completely led by emotion. There's no perspective being used at all. You can eat, overeat one meal or one day or whatever it is and still gain weight over time if you aim for a weekly calorie average. 
but the rationale goes out the window because we're so blinkered with the whole premise of needing to be perfect all the time and that perfection piece is avoiding what needs to be done it's inherently promoting failure round and round and around again because you can't fail food but perfection can fail you so even though rationally you know one bad day of eating for i'm using the language that you are using i hate this language so much you won't have that much of an impact on your progress but you can't help but ruminate on that one day or that one bad meal so you say fuck it i've ruined my diet might as well carry on eating aka the fuck it button and now you feel because you've you've eaten all those foods that you shouldn't have those bad foods and you're you're such a bad person i'm weak and whatever it may be then you promise yourself this time it's going to be different on a monday you're going to be good again and not eat those bad foods but what happens a few days in and you're back to where you first started even even you've now a created a negative feedback loop that only solidifies the belief that you're a bad undisciplined person who can't stick to their diet but the problem isn't you it's the label so when people listen to this there should be an element of this is me this is what i do if i can't stick to something the issue isn't you can't stick to something the issue is your tactic the issue isn't your week the issue is the tactic you've no structure and the biggest thing that i've had so many conversations and amazing conversations with clients on the female follows program in the last little while and the biggest thing that's coming back is well i don't feel like i'm on a diet i'm like well what's your definition of a diet and they're like restriction i'm like yeah you shouldn't feel restricted i'm trying to promote and like every single person in that group has lost weight every single person has lost weight has lost measurements as well so that means fat loss is your measurements and weight loss is happening as well every single person because they've adopted the premise of i get to have meals out or a couple of drinks or whatever it is a week and i can make it work and fit into my weekly budget so the problem showing them that it is, the problem isn't them it's the labels and the mechanisms that they've adopted previously so here's something that i want you to think about that will actually help and i call it the two baskets theory right so theory probably needs work but i'm going to go through it anyway i came this came to me on a walk this morning mad where my hair my head goes on a walk so imagine you have two baskets one basket is labeled more optimal and the other basket is labeled less optimal okay so in the more optimal basket you have all the foods that we know to be more optimal for your goals because they're lower in calories more filling more nutrients more vitamins more minerals more fiber okay in the less optimal basket you have all the foods that are less optimal for your goals because they're higher in calories not as filling provide fewer amounts of all the, the decent stuff that you need but they're great for you mentally because they give they taste make taste make food taste amazing and you enjoy them so your goal with the two baskets is simple you want to keep the more optimal basket filled up slightly more or at least equal to the less optimal basket so this works really great because you can keep a mental cue of each so say if you went out for lunch and enjoyed a meal that was less optimal you simply add that meal to your less optimal basket and then ensure that your next meal contains food that you can put into your more optimal basket so for example i had a pizza on so i had a nando's on I had half a chicken chips garlic bread on fernando's and why wouldn't you have a nando's i was hungry and that's okay 
because I'll just make sure dinner contains more vegetables and more protein. Or if someone has a pizza for lunch, then they're making sure they have more veggies or lean proteins in their lunch or their dinner. Another example is if you've been great with your your kind of your diet and inverted commas during the week, and you know you'll be going out in the weekend. You won't be stressing out because you know that your more optimal basket is looking healthy. You so you can fit that in and enjoy some of those less optimal foods that will f- fill up your less optimal basket. So one final example is if you get if you got a bit loose in the weekend, which can happen, and you ate like a dick or an asshole, whatever way you want to call it. Or I say go full ham is what I prefer to say, but don't know where that goes cursing. I must need caffeine. But instead of freaking out about it, you can just take note that your less optimal basket is kind of full now. So for the next week, you'll be paying more attention to filling up your more optimal basket. And using this two basket theory as a mental cue works really, really great for two reasons. One, you're no longer viewing food as good or bad, rather as more optimal or less optimal. So words matter, labels matter. And more or less optimal is less intimidating than good or bad. The food, this food is bad for me versus the food is good, is good for me. It's less optimal for me. It's a great reminder of responsibility. And responsibility is a big thing that a lot of people drop. They would drop the responsibility to themselves. They blame other people. They blame the weather. But say maybe you ate poorly or not as you intended to for that day get back on track the meals out the nights out do not derail people i've never seen anyone gain fat from a night out or a meal out what the reason why people struggle is they choose to act in another the opposite way of where they need to go they continue to act the next action is the most important it's easier to reset the day of or the day after or the meal of or the meal after. It's easier to reset. But if you keep saying to yourself, diet starts Monday, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing is going to change and you're going to stay where you are. And maybe you're more comfortable with where you are. And that's cool. But I know, unfortunately, many of you aren't, aren't, aren't comfortable with where you're at. But there's all this mentality of these two basket theories reduces that fuck it, all or nothing attitude towards your diet as well. This is the best part of the two baskets theory. If you eat more of the less optimal foods on one day, you can just make up for it by eating more optimal foods the next day. Knowing you can do this greatly reduces the all or nothing approach. Give that two basket theory a go. It's not that you're eating less optimally and then you go into f- and more optimally means restriction. It doesn't. It means eating more lean proteins, eating more veggies, eating more fruit. A less optimal is about like the pizzas, the sugar, the sweets, etc. So if you're having more, if you're having, look at, are you being more optimal at the minute or are you being less optimal at the minute? If you're being less optimal at the minute, maybe it's a case of let's be more optimal with the next meal. Start with the next meal. Then look at your breakfast. Look at the next meal. How can I make this more optimal? So this more optimal, less optimal shift can change people's lives. And I'm sure of it. It's not about being good or bad. It's not about being weak or strong. It's not about being kind of, it's not about being, like, why can't I remember this word? It's not about being more strict. It's not about being more rigid. It's not being about following more rules. It's about being more, looking at, right, can I be more optimal or less optimal? How can I make this plate more optimal or less optimal? 
Like I know this weekend or last the weekend just gone. When I'm recording this, the weekend hasn't happened yet. So when I'm recording this, I know that I'm going to be. I'm coming back from Poland, from from one of my best mates' weddings. A lot more food. Mitchell's our chef, like proper fancy, and food's going to be less optimal. But how can I make the meals more optimal? Well, realistically, it's only the dinner of the wedding that's maybe going to be less optimal. I still have a choice of more optimal breakfast, getting proteins in, getting carbs in, getting fruit and veggies in. I have the same with the lunch. I have the same with the breakfast the next day. I have the same with the lunch the next day. So I have a choice of making my meals more optimal and I have a choice of making my meals less optimal. There's no difference between you and I. The only thing is that I've probably done a little bit more reps in that positive mindset. That's the only difference. You have, most people don't have a, don't have an ability issue. They don't have an ability issue. They have an application issue of if it's not perfect, what is the point? Well, what is the point in pressing the fuck a button is my question back. What does it protect you against? Failing. Well, you're failing by continuously going back for the same methods and never changing. You're continuously failing by believing those food rules of like sweets will make you fat, carbs will make you fat, fats will make you fat, sugar will make you fat, sweeteners will make you fat, whatever it may be. They fail you. You're not failing. You're failing if you're failing to let go of that mindset, which can be difficult, it's a control piece. And a lot of people want and strive for control, but they're not in control of their food choices. And what I mean by that is, if you're using languages by good, bad, following rigid food rules, food is in charge. Food is making the decisions. Because we're maybe not clear on our values. We're maybe not clear on why we want to do things. It takes the fun away from events. I got a conversation with a client today who's been with me for a while and she messaged me saying this is the first time ever that she's proving to herself that she can still have meals out two, three times a week. Clothes are feeling looser. Food guilt is going and nearly gone because she's living by her values. She was like every other approach that I've ever taken has disregarded this whole ethos of me being able to have fun me being able to have a few drinks but this is the first time she said that she feels properly in control because it's adding to her life she gets to go out and see her friends she gets to go out and have a takeaway with her parents because she's living her life by her own choices she's freer than she was So whatever else happens with measurements or weight loss or fat loss, whatever it is, she's making more optimal choices, aligning with her values that allow her to have one or two less optimal choices in her week. But she knows that when she's had those less optimal choices, she now has the tools to press the reset and go, right, I'm going to have a more optimal choice now. And it takes that pressure away. So she's gained control back of food. We're not counting calories. All we're aiming for is regular structure with meals. So if you have three meals a day and two or three snacks, so three main meals a day, that's 21 meals, main meals in your week. She has two meals out a week. So two out of 19 meals are out in her week. 
when she's out for her meals, she'll go, right, what do I actually want? What do I feel? And we did this experiment at the beginning. We were kind of like, I was kind of like, well, what do you want? Okay. She was like, she asked me the question back. Well, what do you, what do I, what should I have? I was like, what do you want? And she goes, well, I want the burger. I was like, go have the burger. But she's like, well, I'm not going to undo. I was like, what, what are you going to do if the mindset hasn't changed? More optimal or less optimal? People focus too much on the one meal rather than focusing on the choices after. The decisions that they can make but choose not to because they're driven by perfection. They're not driven by optimal. They're not driven by consistency. They're not driven by, they're driven by scarcity. They're driven by failure. They're driven by perfection. Pink elephant comes to mind again. If you say you can't have something, guess what you're going to want to have? Chocolate, sugar, crisps, sweet, savory. Have you ever noticed when you haven't eaten enough in the day, you haven't done your three meals, two or three snacks in the day, what happens in the evenings? You get tired. A sentence comes out of your mouth. I'm craving sugar. I'm craving chocolate. No, you're not. You're craving energy into your body because your body's looking for the quickest source of energy. And how does that happen? Fatty foods, processed foods, sugary foods, whatever it may be. But I can assure you right now, you have the tools in your arsenal to focus on, right, if I have one less optimal meal today, I'm making sure my next meal is more optimal. It's having more protein. It's having more veggies. So you have a choice. And this can work really, really great because the mental cue for each one. It gets rid of that good v bad food mentality. It's a great reminder of responsibility, which an awful lot of people forget. People run away from responsibility. And then blame themselves, aka negativity bias. And it reduces that all or nothing mindset. The biggest thing I would say about all or nothing mindset, no one is all or nothing. The mindset might be, but that's driven by perfection, scarcity and chaos. But the way to get it, the number one thing that I would say about getting rid of the all or nothing mindset, just do something that will bring you closer to the said goal. AKA more optimal. So hopefully this has helped. If it has, leave a review up on iTunes and up on Spotify. If you're interested in working with me on a one-to-one basis, click on the link in the show notes. If you want to book into the next female fat loss group, which starts, I can't give you the date, uh, which starts at the end of the month, put your name onto the waiting list and you'll be the first one to find out when that happens. Female fat loss program is 99 quid. It'll bring you up to the close enough to Christmas and I know it's going to sell out. The last one sold out pretty quickly. So this is the last one of 2023. So if you want to know how to have good Christmas, enjoy yourself and still get your goal and be be working towards your goal, then click on the link and we'll book you in and we'll get you onto the waiting list for the group. So I hope you, enjoy, hope you have enjoyed the episode and I will talk to you soon.